Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Greetings, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I want to make a really uh, important announcement here for all of you. If you have your cell phone and you're willing to do it, uh, if you text the word donate to 33777, uh, I will text you back a link to a special fundraising page for the Israeli Red Cross. Mayor Mike Bloomberg, yeah, that Mike Bloomberg, is going to match dollar for dollar every donation made with no cap. If you give $100, he'll donate $100. If you give $1,000, he'll donate $1,000. If you give $10,000, he'll give $10,000. If you give a million dollars, he'll give a million dollars. There is no cap. Uh, he's a, a multi-billionaire several times over. He's putting his money where his mouth is. He set up a fundraising page and says dollar for dollar with no limits. He will match whatever is raised for the Israeli Red Cross. So if you text the word donate to 33777, I will send you Mayor Mike Bloomberg's fundraising link uh, that his team is tracking so they know how much to cut a check for. Uh, good for him. I have no criticism here. Good good for Mike Bloomberg for putting in his money where his mouth is. He cares about this issue. He cares about Israel greatly. Uh, he is Jewish, and uh, this is a big thing for him. And he's willing to write large checks but would like your help to do so. So please text DONATE to 33777, and Mike Bloomberg will match whatever you're able to give. So you are doubling your gift with him. Now, I got to prepare you guys for something. I was actually going to talk about something else right now, but this is actually, I think, far more important, and you need to understand what's going on, and you need to prepare yourselves for something. I need to talk about postmodern Marxism. Marxism is, in fact, an ideology that is derived uh, from postmodernism. And Marxism views the world in terms of power dynamics. Religions view the world in terms of absolute truths. Those truths vary by religion. Uh, Marxism views everything as a power dynamic. It views religion as a structure of power. It views the world as a power dynamic. And one of the beliefs of Marxism is that those who peddle truth claims arrive at moral clarity through their truth claims. And truth claims are designed to advance to a moral clarity, and upon delivering that moral clarity, it gives those truth-tellers power. you got to understand this for where we're headed here. This is really important. I tell you something that is true. What Marxists believe I'm trying to do by telling you something that is true is to provide moral clarity around my moral ethics. And assuming you agree with my moral claim and clarity of that claim, it gives me power to dictate the next step. So, for example, the truth claim is Hamas is a terrorist organization 
that engaged in an unprovoked attack of Israelis that resulted in Holocaust survivors and babies all being shot in the face. Therefore, Israel should be able to respond. That's that's the moral clarity here, that dead and decapitated babies deserve a violent response to the monsters. So to combat that moral clarity and that truth-telling, here's what postmodern Marxism does, and we're beginning to see that now. Progressives have fully embraced postmodern Marxism, and what do they do? To negate the moral clarity, they attempt to provide more complexity. So as you add complexity, there is less clarity. And complexity, by making clarity abstract, vague, and obscure, negates your ability to take the next step. So what's happening? Hamas engaged in an unprovoked attack of Israel, killing Israeli citizens, decapitating babies, and shooting Holocaust survivors in the face. So now let's go with the Marxist complexity to get rid of the moral clarity. Well, Israel has been occupying the Gaza Strip, and the people of Gaza, led by Hamas, have turned to violence to free themselves from the occupation. Now, never mind, Israel has not been occupying Gaza. That's what they say. And now the next step. And now Israel controls the water and power of the Gaza Strip and has cut it off to 2 million citizens instead of just targeting Hamas. A little more complexity. So now they pull the twist on you to eradicate the moral clarity. What Hamas did was bad, but what Israel is doing is worse because Hamas may have killed 1,200 Jews, but the Israelis intend to starve and kill 2 million Gazans by depriving them of the basic necessities of life. This is an outrage. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for 72 hours was quiet and is now upset about what Israel is doing in Gaza. However bad Hamas was, this is terrible to do it to 2 million innocent people. All Hamas did was kill 1,200 people. Israel is punishing 2 million people in return, and that's unjust. Rashida Tlaib, the same thing. Democrats globally, the same thing. It is progressive Marxist ideology. You add complexity to erase moral clarity. Black Lives Matters has come out today and said, actually, we wish other little groups would stop calling themselves Black Lives Matter because we disagree with what they did. And we need you to know that while we disagree with Israel, we would never do that. This is a real thing that has happened. The national Black Lives Matters group has now come out and said, we're just so upset that Black Lives Matter Chicago did this. We have nothing to do with them. They have nothing to do with us, blah, 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 blah. No, no, you were perfectly fine with Black Lives Matter Chicago. You never tried to stop them until they generated backlash that's hurting your funding from liberal Jews, and now you're upset that Jewish people don't want to give you any money. You've added complexity to eradicate the moral clarity. 
So let me clarify the situation for you that's happening in Israel. Hamas uses mosques, schools, and hospitals as weapons development labs. Hamas is the elected government of Gaza. The residents of Gaza chose to replace uh, the Palestinian government with Hamas. And then Hamas promptly canceled future elections and now has a dictatorship in Gaza. And the people of Gaza have largely been on Hamas's side. Hamas uses hospitals as their headquarters. Hamas uses mosques as weapons labs. Hamas uses schools as launch facilities for the weapons. The reason Gaza has no water is not because the Israelis stopped the flow. It's because Hamas dug up the water pipes and the sewage pipes to use those pipes for rockets. The cylindrical tubes used to flow water and sewage are instead being used as the bodies of rockets to fire at the Israelis. That's why Gaza doesn't have water. Gaza has one power plant that has now been so exhausted, it's gone out of business over the weekend. It ran out of power. can't produce enough to keep up since the Israelis cut the power. Why does a land of 25 square miles that has 2.1 million people only have one power plant for itself? Because Hamas diverted the resources to build future power plants into weapons production against Israel, and the people of Gaza let them. I'm not making any of this up. So Israel has provided power, and Israel has provided water, and Israel has provided food, and now they've stopped. Why? Because Gaza allowed Hamas to set up shop to rule the roost and use its rule to dig up the water pipes to build rockets to launch at Israel. How can Israel respond otherwise when the leaders of the Palestinian territory of Gaza are on record in their charter document calling for the death of all Jews globally and the eradication of Israel? But the Marxists wish you not to know that because that provides more moral clarity. So they engage in whataboutism. You know how they say that the Palestinians have been occupied for 75 years? What happened 75 years ago? That was the founding of the nation of Israel. Hmm. So they're really saying they've been occupied for 75 years. What the Marxists try to do is to ignore history and say Israel only has about a 100-year territorial claim to the area, pay no attention to 3,500 years ago. By the way, do you know what the Palestinians were doing in the late 1940s as the world was coalescing around giving Israel its land back? They were sabotaging and destroying as much archaeological evidence as they could that supported the biblical claim that this land was given by God to the Jews. They wiped out as much as they could, shattering recorded tablets that documented the kings of Israel. All the things the Bible attested to as real archaeologists found, and the Arabs worked very hard to smash as much as it is possible, and yet there was so much of it they've had a really hard time getting rid of it. What's happening right now and is going to happen over the next week is Israel is going to mount a response to Hamas in Gaza. It is one of the most densely packed areas of land on the planet with 2 million people, and those 2 million people put Hamas in charge. 
And in that land, Hamas has set up shop. It has put its headquarters in hospitals. It has put its weapons labs in mosques. And it has put its weapons launch facilities in schools so that when Israel responds, it must blow up mosques and it must blow up hospitals and it must blow up schools to ensure that Hamas's weapons of war are destroyed. And in the process, Hamas will make sure there are dead children, dead senior citizens in hospitals and dead clerics in mosques and bring the world in for a tour to show them the dead bodies. Meanwhile, they're saying I, Israel's not showing us the decapitated babies. Maybe it's not real. Let me say again what I said yesterday. Evil is only abstract to its apologists who view it as obtuse to avoid having to grapple with it. Hamas is an evil organization, and you should be mindful of those around you and on television and in politics who are trying to morally what about the situation in Israel. And that includes people on the right, like Vivek Ramaswamy, who has come out on Tucker Carlson and said, the only reason you people care about it is because of Jewish money, because of donor dollars. He pointed out the fentanyl crisis. Why aren't people so exercised about the fentanyl crisis? I don't know a person who isn't. And he didn't take money there and it doesn't take money here. If we don't clean up our own side, we have no moral credibility to clean up the other side. But we should be careful and notice who on the left and who on the right are engaging in moral relativism to complicate a very clarifying situation. There are dead babies and dead Holocaust survivors, and Israel didn't ask for it, Israel didn't provoke it, and Israel didn't prompt it, but Hamas decided to do it. Israel gets to respond, and in the fallout, if there are dead and innocent people in Gaza, that's Hamas's fault, not Israel's fault, and don't you dare forget it. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint, you want an HR manager, you don't want to be the bad guy with your employees, Bambi can play the role of HR for you, $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat, they do onboardings, terminations, they help your team members get to peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Breaking news, the United States and Qatar have decided to withhold the $6 billion humanitarian aid package from Iran that's in a Qatari bank account given Qatar. Uh, you should be cautious here because Qatar is on the side of the Iranians and Hamas uh, and is only nominally an ally of the United States at this point. So be very cautious there. But this is breaking news now for the Washington Post. The United States and Qatar deciding to refrain from giving Iran the $6 billion. I, I got a question. There's a Los Angeles Times investigative reporter. There's Midi Hassan at MSNBC and, and a lot of other people 
Want to know where are the pictures of the decapitated babies? Joe Biden yesterday, in fact, confirmed uh, that he had seen the decapitated babies. I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. I never thought I'd ever. Anyway, I. Uh, but there are countries in the region that are trying to be of some help. You can tell he was shaken by it. The White House has since said he actually made it up. He didn't actually see the pictures. But the pictures have now come out. Awful pictures. I have a question. Are all the people, the reporters and the members of the left who can't believe Hamas would do this or saying, where are the pictures? Show us the pictures. I don't believe you. Are they okay with dead babies? Forget decapitated babies. If, if they're like, oh, well, they just killed babies. Okay, no big deal. It's it's the decapitated babies. They, they got to have proof of the decapitations. Is it okay if the heads are still on the babies? Is, is that what this is about? Because how awful must it be for you to concede that it is awful? These people are trying to complicate things. I, I haven't seen the pictures of the decapitations. How do we know it's true? Have you not seen the pictures of the dead babies? You got to see the ones without their heads to know how bad it is. They're trying to add complexity to avoid moral clarity because they are on the side of terrorists. And don't you forget that. Awful stuff. Let's say you're having a terrible time with your computer at work and your IT guy's not there or your office can't afford an IT guy and you, the boss, you become the IT guy. Can I recommend Vision Computers to you? Vision Computers, they can build you the computers you want, laptops and desktops, and then they can be your IT department. You pay them a small annual fee if you don't have computers from Vision. Otherwise, you get it as part of getting your computers from Vision for a period of time. And they're your IT department. You can get Vision's help in about 15 seconds when you call their tech line faster than you can try to do a Google search to figure out what's going on. They build your computers. They service your computers. They can do much of it remotely as needed. Email support, printer support, everything you need, you get it from Vision Computers. Folks, Vision Computers built my son a gaming PC. And he's never asked me once to help him with his computer now. He calls Vision. They answer, and they can figure out how to navigate my 14-year-old to help him with his computer. They can do it for you as well. Visioncomputers.com is the website. Visioncomputers.com. However, if you call them at 404-COMPUTE, ask about the Eric Erickson special, they can save you even more money. 404-COMPUTE. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Um, so I, I, I wrote a piece this week. There's a trade publication radio called Barrett Media. It covers a lot of radio news. And I went to a conference that they hosted several weeks ago, and they asked if I would write something because I've got strongly held views on how so much talk radio sucks these days. It's it's all kind of repetitive, iterative, predictable, boring. Um, so many hosts, instead of building relationships with the audience, they bring on interlopers. If you listen to my program, I, I don't do a lot of interviews, and in part it's because of a lesson I learned from Rush, which is uh, I should be entertaining and I should have a relationship with you. And to bring someone else on puts you in the position of eavesdropper to me and someone else as opposed to you and me. You, Many of you I know because you tell me, you talk to me in your office or car. You, sometimes you yell at me, but it's, it's us. It's me and you. And I said one of the secrets to saving radio 
is to cover the breaking timely news that is uh, too current and up-to-date for a podcast you might listen to for a week later, but to build deep relationships with listeners and go deep into life with them. And I'm going to try not to be emotional here. I'm going to try. The beauty of this medium is that everything comes through my voice. If you're a longtime listener, you know I try not to get angry. I try not to get mad. Life's too short. So much stuff is outside our control. There's no reason to get mad. Sometimes I make you guys mad by not being infuriated. But it all comes through my voice. You can't see me. The tone, the rhythm, the rhyme, the tenor, the pitch. It's how I have to convey to you. And and so I want you to know you're blessed, not by me, you're blessed to not see what I have seen, to not be able to see on radio the things I have had to see as I do the prep for this program. I've never wanted to see decapitated babies, and I have. I've never wanted to see the charred remains of children and grandparents, and I have. I have seen horrible things this week. And it makes me all the more angry at the people who want to what about it. There's no justification for the charred remains of a baby in fetal position dying in agony. There's no justification for the charred remains of two bodies in the back of a car holding hands. And if you can't understand, Israel must respond, and those they're responding to have set up shop in such a way to ensure collateral fallout and innocent people die. I got nothing for you. You're defending monsters. Mark Rowan is my boss's 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 boss. Mark Rowan is the CEO of Apollo Global Management. Apollo Global Management is a private equity firm. They own a number of companies. Uh, they own the the um, hotel rights for the Venetian Palazzo in Las Vegas, where I was this weekend. They don't give me a discount. That's just where I stay. They own Carnival Cruises. They own Chuck E. Cheese. They own Cox Media Group, uh, which is the parent company of my flagship station, WSB, where I get a paycheck. Mark Rowan is also the chairman of the Wharton School of Business of the University of Pennsylvania. And the university is bullying him to get him to step down from the chairmanship because he dared to call out their lack of leadership at this time. He was on CNBC this morning. This is some of his interview. Look, there has been a gathering storm um, around these issues. Um, You know, microaggressions are condemned with extreme moral outrage, and yet violence, particularly violence against Jews, uh, anti-Semitism, seems to have found a place of tolerance on the campus uh, protected by free speech. Uh, President McGill is not an anti-Semite. 
President McGill is just not capable of exercising moral leadership here because she feels academic pressure, peer pressure. And it's unfortunately the environment we live in in campus. Yes. Now, they've pressured him and other Jewish members of the Board of Trustees to step down for signing an open letter that they've refused to publish in their student newspaper, but they signed an open letter calling for moral clarity at the University of Pennsylvania on these issues. Now, um, Andrew Ross Sorkin stretches this out into the larger issue of academia and college campuses, and and this is Mark Rowan responding on that. You hear Andrew Ross Sorkin and then Mark Rowan responding. Look, this is um, leadership. Uh, I am CEO of a public company. Um, President McGill is essentially the leader of a university. Uh, for my mind, leadership is about having some point of view, being able to exercise moral coverage, but also the symbols of leadership. Symbols are really important. So this weekend, while 1,200 Israelis were being butchered and murdered and raped, we tweeted as a university about Indigenous Peoples Day. President McGill was posting Instagrams of she and her dog out in the rain. The, the lack of ability to actually understand what the community was going through and the environment in which it's not the environment in which she presides is actually quite toxic. Let's just broaden this out for a second, because this is also happening at Harvard. Um, you're seeing by Larry Summers and Bill Ackman, who've made a whole number of comments about uh, some of the statements that were made by some groups at Harvard as it relates to this and, and other universities as well. What do you think is happening on campus and what do you think the, the pressures are or, or aren't on leadership as it relates to this specific issue? Look, um, universities at the end of the day, we think of as bastions of free speech. That's in theory how they hold themselves out. The reality is not the case. We are at Penn, a bastion of preferred speech. Uh, imagine in the wake of George Floyd, a group of professors getting together and deciding that this would be a good night to hold a white nationalist rally. My guess is the university would, would have found its voice, as the university, by the way, has found its voice every time it has wanted to. Unfortunately, with respect to Jews, with respect to anti-Semites, we're not talking about arguments over a two-state solution or the political division of land. We're talking about Hamas. We're talking about terrorists. We're talking about a Penn professor outsourcing this conference to a known anti-Semite who then does exactly what we expect them to do. They call for ethnic cleansing. They call for rounding Jews into cantons. Right. They sanction violence. And the best we can do lacking moral clarity at the university is to say we stand for free speech really well said bill ackman is a billionaire hedge fund manager the ceo of pershing square capital management he wants to know the names of the students at harvard and the other ivy league schools that sign letters in support of Hamas against Israel. He wants their names to make sure that none of his companies hire those people. Harvard is refusing to hand over the names, and they've come after Bill Ackman. They've come after him. They've come after Mark Rowan from Apollo Management, Global Management. They're coming after the hedge fund guys for daring to demand accountability on this issue. But I, I got a question. I got an issue, actually. It's more, it's more than a question. I work for a company that is owned by Mark Rowan's Apollo Global Management. I have to go through diversity training, whether I want to or not. 
I believe it's a scam, but you're required by corporations to go through this nonsense all the time. You have to learn about tolerance. You have to learn about diversity. You have to learn about equity. You have to learn about inclusion. You have to learn about all those things. Would it not behoove these CEOs of companies to require training in anti-Semitism? Because I sure as hell have never gotten any of that training. And given who's coming out of college these days, I think it might behoove them to do it. Because you got people coming out of college right now who are pro-Hamas, pro-Palestine, anti-Israel, who really think Israel has no historic claim to its land in the Middle East. They are secular atheists. They think the Bible is a bunch of fairy tales. They have no idea of all the archaeological evidence to back it up. They have no idea it was the Roman emperor who purged the Jews from their land and allowed the settlement to be renamed Palestine. They think it's always been named Palestine. They have no historic context for what happened. They think the Holocaust is just something they learn about in school. Where's the anti-Semitism training? If you're going to do diversity, equity, and inclusion training to make sure I don't run afoul of the feelings of a boy who thinks he's a girl, maybe you should do some anti-Semitism training in your corporations around the country to make sure you don't have pro-Hamas people there chanting death to the Jews as if they can get away with it like they did on college campus. Maybe, just maybe, the DEI statements that all these companies release, if they're not coupled with a statement against anti-Semitism, are performance to avoid the left-wing mob coming after them, and they don't really care or mean it. The Washington Free Beacon did a, a study earlier this week on how so many of the people who come out of DEI institutions are rabid pro-Hamas Palestinian activists who hate Israel. A lot of the DEI groups around the country in colleges and universities are filled up with progressive activists who think Israel's a made-up state that should go away. They support Palestine from river to sea. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that phrase means, river to sea, that so many people unironically chant around the country on college campuses? It means the elimination of the Jewish state. It means the elimination of the Jewish people. It means another holocaust. They're too stupid to even realize it in most cases, but some of them do, and they do not care. If you're that concerned, billionaire hedge fund guys and CEOs, about the rabid anti-Semitism you're seeing on college campuses, maybe you should insist that your companies, as part of the DEI training, include a section on anti-Semitism. Maybe you should insist that your companies don't hire people who are pro-Hamas. Maybe you should insist people sign a statement that Israel deserves a right to exist. At least get your DEI training straight. I personally feel like in most corporations, I talk to Christians, evangelical Christians who work in them, and they feel like they got to walk on eggshells to avoid offending anybody on the left. And you go into the DEI training sessions that you've made mandatory, and it is essentially a re-education camp of left-wing values. It's designed to make the C-suite people feel good at night and sleep that they did a good thing in the name of tolerance. If you want to do a really good thing, make these kids coming out of college where they march in the streets chanting death to the Jews, go through an anti-Semitism program in your DEI classes. D-E-I-A-Z. 
diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-Semitism. AZ, anti, or, yeah. The people who are out there chanting they're against Zionism. Teach them what it actually is. Teach them about the growth of Israel. Teach them about the Holocaust. Teach them about how bad Hamas is. Teach them about the historic claims of Israel to the land. And maybe educate them in a way college educators haven't educated them. Instead, they've indoctrinated them and programmed them. D-E-I-A-S. That's it. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-Semitism. Teach that. Look at these people coming out of college campuses. Look at them. They're out there. They literally marched with swastikas the other day in New York City. They literally marched with swastikas. These people need to be deprogrammed. And if you're going to force me and every other employee of every major company in the United States of America to have to go through a diversity, equity, inclusion program, at least include anti-Semitism to combat what's being festered in these college academic environments when they get into the real world and actually are surrounded by people of Jewish descent. You'd probably go a long way towards helping the situation if you did that. One of the great groups that's out there fighting the left and these progressive values is Patriot Mobile. And all you have to do to help them is move your cell phone service to them. You get guaranteed great rates, probably using the same cell towers you're already using. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric is where you go. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You sign up with Patriot Mobile. As their business grows, their profits grows. Their profits grow. Their giving to the conservative causes you care about grows. From the Second Amendment to the pro-life movement to conservative candidates running for office around the country. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. In addition to getting free activation with my name, you get great discounts. If you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member, they can save you some money. If you've got a lot of lines for your house because you've got multiple kids who need cell phones, they can save you some money. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. Get free activation with my name. Hello there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise for your business, reach out to them. See if they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. They can help any business in the United States. FirstLibertyGA.com. Um, if you're on the phones, be patient with me. I want to come to you, but I, I don't have time here, and I want to read y'all an email from a friend. E.L. Waldman founded and built a company called Mellanox. Mellanox was in, acquired by NVIDIA for $7 billion in 2019. Its value within NVIDIA, which has become one of the most important companies in the world, is probably multiples of its 2019 acquisition price. In 2010 or earlier, Waldman made the decision to hire as many Palestinian engineers into Mellanox as possible. He was able to overcome internal company friction to do so. Mellanox was the first Israeli tech company to begin hiring Palestinians. NVIDIA still has engineers in the West Bank because of it. This is the type of win-win that creates the incentives for mutual economic development and peace. E.L. Waldman's 24-year-old U.S. national daughter and her boyfriend were murdered by the Hamas terrorists at the music festival. Mr. Waldman himself found them in a car that had been shot up by five terrorists. This is a letter in the Times of London today. 
Sir, on advice from her school, our teenage daughter has gone off without her blazer this morning. Her male classmates have been advised to cover their skull caps with baseball caps. On her preschool dawn run yesterday, she ran past the broken glass of a kosher cafe's windows and a fresh anti-Israel slogan painted on a bridge. All my grandparents were Holocaust survivors who found safe haven and built new lives in the United Kingdom, so of course I am twitching with latent anxiety and the creeping dangers of the masses not speaking out against terrorism. I sincerely hope the Prime Minister honors his pledge to stand with Israel and protect British Jews. Dr. Sarah Nashen. We should, every single one of us, be morally outraged that Jewish children are being told to wear nondescript clothes and cover their skullcaps to avoid being identified as Jewish. Hamas is calling for a day of violence against Jews tomorrow. Needless to say, Jewish schools, temples, and synagogues around the entire world are worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. They're all worried what's going to happen. Here in my town, not four blocks from where I am, we had white nationalists show up at the local temple a while back in protest. It's time to pick a side. It's time to pick a side. I personally believe Israel should exist river to sea as God intended it. And notice the evil and the monsters who were pushing back on that idea. It's time to pick a side. You don't really have a choice at this point. You can't sit on the sidelines. You will be made to care.